Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I am one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> Today's Dharma talk is titled Feeling, Craving, Grasping. Those are three of the uh, three of the 12 links on the chain of existence, which was the topic or the subject of the monk talks that were given monk training talks, I should say. So I wanted to go over those a little bit. And, uh, and uh, open up for questions. But first, I'll just quickly go over kind of an interior and an exterior way of looking at that situation. I have a question. Oh, you're just paying homage? <laughs> Thanks. Can use all the homage I could get. So feeling, simple feeling, simple kinds of feeling on your skin, um, feeling in your emotions, feeling in your mind stream, feeling, 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 just just the feeling. The, uh, I guess, isn't that the seventh? Those of you who have been studying this should be able to tell me which number it is. On the 12, so 7, 8, and 9, uh, we'll talk about those. We can talk about other ones also. It is a difficult area, and that's why there's so much kind of uh, different way that this has been interpreted down through the centuries. So you can find so many different ways of looking at it. And so uh, what does that mean? Find out how it works yourself so you know how that shows up. Contemplate it yourself. If you're a meditator, which if you're here, you probably are, then you could also look at look at that a little bit on the cushion, but also off the cushion, write those down. Uh, I've been looking at those since the early 70s, 1970s, and I don't think I really got any understanding uh, about what that was for about 20 years. Part of that because I was lazy and didn't study it hard enough. And part of that is because it wasn't really taught very well. The situation that I was in there was uh, quite a bit different than this one. That's why this one was happening, because it's necessary. Feeling, feeling, feeling here, feeling here, feeling. Sometimes we think it's here, feeling. So there's a feeling that arises. And then there's, uh, simply put, there's a desire about that to maybe Dismiss it, dismiss it, ignore it, whatever, or something, um, a very simple movement that's hardly even noticeable. And then there's uh, uh, a, uh, a wish or a desire, which is the, the eighth one, to get more of it. I like that. I like, I want more of that. Or to get rid of it, get less of it, have it go away or to somehow 
deal with that in a way that what we end up doing is abandoning, abandoning the feeling. We don't like that feeling of anger. We don't want to be angry. We don't want to be jealous. We don't want to be anything. We don't want to be have anxiety. Anything that arises, feel any feeling that arises is going to have a positive, negative, neutral aspect to it. We don't like that. Or we like it. Or we don't care about it. So then we move away from the actual desire for something else into trying to get something. Try to stop that. In other words, grasping. We try to stop that feeling. We don't want that feeling. And there's several ways that we do that, probably innumerable ways. One of them is just to blame anything, blame somebody something, just to shift the whole thing over to, well, it's because, well, it's because of this. And then we might go further and double up on that and then try to find a way to stop that, get rid of that, change that, modify that. So the whole thing is just extremely complicated. It just goes this way and that way and this way and that way. We have a feeling. We don't like it. So we abandon it for what caused it or how we can get rid of it, something else, grasping something else. And then, of course, the next one, as you may recall, is becoming or Baba, or or it takes us into another realm altogether, possibly. Lots of ways of looking at that at that situation. And then it's happening in a very simple outward way on the surface of our skin, just like we were talking about the poison ivy that Ondo has contracted. Very simple touch or contact. Uh, And then, then we just go through those. There's that and then it develops and we go from. Uh, what happens, uh, what what shows up as contact in any of the sense fields, this one happens to be on the skin, uh, the oil, and then and touches that, and then that erupts, that causes something else and something else and something else. We don't like it. It's painful. We want to get rid of it. So it's difficult. In the in more, less obvious and more difficult area is um, an interior situation, I'll set up a story around it so it's easier not only for you, but for me to even talk about it is somebody, we're doing fine, we're sitting uh, outside the house on the picnic table and uh, um, our neighbor comes out or drives on to down out their driveway and part of their tire hits our lawn and starting to dig a, a rut in our property. So. I'm just picking that on that because it does happen. But it's something like that where maybe there was no intentionality there, but somehow that contact, we see that happening. Uh, Then we have a feeling about it. And it could be any number of things. It could be something like anything from, that's why they call it conflicting emotions. It could be something like, uh, there he goes again, but I I shouldn't let this bother me. There's a conflicting emotion right there, two of them. And there's probably more in there, all trying to sort it out, work it out, fix it, get it right, not be a bad person who isn't understanding, but also not be a pushover who lets somebody drive on their lawn. It's tiring. We all experience some version of this. This is another uh, situation that starts outside as an outside situation, just like the oil from uh, from the poison ivy. There's no, there's no, don't take it. Uh, poison ivy has not, does not have it in for you. Uh, you are not that important to poison ivy, <laughs> and so, but we take it personally. We get that, and, and then somehow make it. And same thing with a neighbor. 
even though if you were to talk to that neighbor, they might have some kind of story they'd come up with about you're always interfering, you know, you, you, or whatever. It could be, they might say, yeah, you did that. I did this, but look what you did. You know, you, uh, uh, you party all night long and keep me up. I can't sleep. Uh, It's just, it goes on and on. We have that right in our neighborhood. (laughs) Or your dog barks all night. I mean, the dog is, does not like you. It's about to keep, it's going to keep you up all night. So we look for some kind of blame. A simple word is causation, less personal. And we want to do something about it, fix it, stop it, make get more of it if it's good, get less of it if it's bad, and ignore it if it's just bothersome even being in our mind stream. So feeling, and then the wish to do something with it, and then the actual leaving the wish to do something with it for what we call grasping or or um, reaching for something else, trying to get something else, which causes us to go into uh, becoming or changing our dynamic altogether, possibly even leaving town. You get in your car and you leave. You no longer live in this area. You've moved. The way it is taught here is to, uh, to be aware of that. Less is better. Don't do anything. Don't 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 drop it into gear. Just hold still in any situation and watch the movement. That way, if you do have to do something, it will be choiceless to you. You just have to go in that direction. But that's a much better way to work with it than doing either or, should I or shouldn't I. As soon as you do either or, you're you're trapped in dependent origination and you're at the mercy of that that you take personally. We're always at the mercy of dependent origination. But to see that... Uh, Something personal. Your karma is not nothing personal. Sure feels like it. So something in, in the mind stream. If some someone does something and triggers something that resonates with a kind of frequency, where what they've done is the old mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. What they've done has been simple. All they've done is done something that was uh, very much in line with with what was happening in their life. But yet somehow this triggered something in some triggers something in you that has been hidden, stuffed, says they sometimes say, or ignored or put aside or ignored. And that's and then so that that resonance, that frequency to use a to help you connect with it is, is somehow generated. And then instead of come instead of uh, acting, even reacting towards that in a simple this happened. So then I said, hey, don't 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 don't, don't do that. So that, that, that makes life def- more difficult for me, or however you want to say it. But instead, we have an intense reaction. We blow our stack, and we accuse the person, uh, possibly uh, in uh, even including up to uh, attacking someone, I mean, verbally attacking them, when really they might be quite taken aback and not sure what the big deal is. And there's so many versions of this. There's just so many. It's so complicated that it's very difficult to come up with one simple way of working with this. Uh, that actually, shall we say, works uh, because it is so complicated. It seems necessary for each of us to, in some way, not just go back through the 12 links on the chain of existence or the 12 nadanas as the Buddha apparently did in 2,500 years ago, but to to actually begin to work with this uh, in our own awareness practice, in our own meditation practice. So we, so we make those 12 links our own or some aspect of that, we begin to use that 
uh, to help us uh, understand what is happening in the mind stream and see that you, you are not really compelled to do anything. That doesn't mean that you won't be very uncomfortable when you have decided to just not fill up space with your stupid ideas and stories and uh, finger pointing. Maybe very difficult to do that. Let me have some questions around that. You've all been studying this all for a week in order to give these talks. So at least the people who are monks should have a bunch of questions. You only have one question? To, to start. Okay, go ahead. Will you bowing? So is it grasping when a feeling uh, that Sokokoji wants to buy a Harvard house down the street and we have a feeling that we can do good things with it and then we have a desire yeah. to <clears throat> very much so. For money. Very much so. We're not trying to stop that. We're just trying to be aware of it so that we can have an understanding of how that works. Yes, there's there's outflows or grasping that is completely. Uh, it's just your living being. You're gonna get. You're gonna. You're gonna have a feeling of being hungry. Then you're gonna have a desire for uh, potato chips. Not a good idea, but you know you have a desire for that, and then you get some potato chips. So it's just other than what you just ate, it's still you're you're eating. So so it's a very natural thing that's happening. It's just then when it goes when it starts to get ramped up in terms of fueling an imaginary self, a demanding ego who wants things their way. Recognize that? I'm sure you don't do it, but you've probably seen other people who are just crazy. But if you look in the mirror, all you see is a very nice, sweet, understanding, kind, respectful person. Just checking. <laughs> but it is like that. We've all noticed a little bit of that when something, this happens, that happens, somebody says this, this happens, and and we just get really, really upset about something. And even at the, uh, here, conflicting emotions, we have a, a feeling about how upset we are. And then we also have another feeling because that uh, in line with that is the other uh, uh, flow. There's several of them, countless other going together with each other. And this one is conflicted with that one because this one feels really terrible, is really upset, and would like to fix it and stop that person from doing it or tell them, I'm going to tell them. They, are, they can't get away with that anymore. That's the end of that. And the other emotion saying, don't do that. Be nice. Stop doing this. Try to get control yourself. You noticed? And there might be three or four more other ones that are doing some other, might start hearing something your dad said or something your, or something your teacher said or something your friends or something somebody might say we will it is so incredibly vast and complicated the very best approach that i know of having been a human being for quite a number of years dealing with lots of really intense when i was young i was i was from the time i was two or three i was getting enraged and anytime i didn't get my way i would turn into a cannonball so i would run very fast at a ball some of you heard this story and then i would curl up into a ball, and then the, the cannonball I had become ran into the wall and fell on the floor. And my mother would say, don't you throw yourself. And I remember thinking, throw myself. I'm not really picking myself up, I'm throwing myself. I'm throwing myself. Can I actually throw? I mean, I mean uh, immediately in an existential crisis, I'm only two or three. So I did really ponder that quite a bit when I was that age. Sir, she's on bowing. That that seeming polarity is difficult for me of the thought pattern that may lead to aggression and the thought pattern that may lead to 
kindness are both part of this cycle. And I'm wondering, um, how do we function? What is the best thing to do in order to function with the world when both of those can keep us spinning? So I think it's just a matter of observing that and just that you're able to describe it says that you're, you're watching both of those conflicting emotions. It is not about getting rid of anything. I've said this hundreds of times, at least 20. Uh, excuse me, you don't have to get rid of anything. You have to just see very vividly what it is and how it works. So you see how this triggers that, this happens and that occurs and this happens and that occurs. Very simple, cause and effect, cause and effect. It's just that the cause and effect isn't a cause and effect that has a structure that you can just go in and flip the off switch. Oh, I guess you'd do it this way, wouldn't you? You can't, you can't just turn it off. It has to be, if you do that, you might succeed, but it'll go underground and show up somewhere else. It's called repression in the psychological sense, I guess. Um, or ignorance in the sense of the Buddha's teaching. Um, so I think it's a matter of just getting that. Don't don't fix it because if you quite often what I'm saying here, not, not maybe I don't know if I even quite often is that, but what happens if we try to go in and stop that or do anything with it or fix it or turn it off without really knowing what it is, then we end up doing something to it that just helps us ignore it. This is what most of the not most, but quite a bit of the medications in the, in the world are about covering things up, not really going in and fundamentally fixing them. It's like, let's find some kind of a, you know, um, I don't know, feel better pill. And so, and that's sometimes that's all that's called for. Sometimes we need uh, occasionally, situationally, we might have to do that. We might have to take medication. You might have to, uh, instead of meditating, you might have to go to a therapist and talk to them because you're not ready for this kind of a radical practice where you're actually, you're going to actually be your own uh, psychologist, healer, meditation teacher. You're going to have to do it yourself. You get help from the teacher, but you have to do it. And the, the danger there, of course, you want to call it danger, is that you start to believe your thoughts. You start to think that you really see, you really see this better than the teacher. That does happen. Maybe you might do that with your therapist. I, I, I got this. You know, my therapist is really great, but yeah, I can do this now. Is that correct or incorrect? I don't, I don't have any idea. So situational, there's no way to go in and pick that apart and come up with a standard where you never should do this, never should do that. That's also uh, generated as a kind of uh, deliberate ignorance that protects what needs to hide out, which is the imaginary self. There is no solid being anywhere. If you think there is, then you have a lot of work to do. When you're bowing. So, I think you've said in the past that we, we don't have any control over our thoughts. Thoughts arise. Yes. So in, in looking at these three areas, if a feeling is associated with that mental thought, is it possible then to keep it in the desire realm without going into the grasping? As long as you don't keep it there. We try to keep it there, then we're manipulating it. Then it's then we've we've uh, we've materialized it as, and then we have an agenda about it. Just the feeling is just feel it, and we we notice that when we go from feeling into desire, desiring that feeling, which is a the what the eighth one, or the, ninth, or the seventh one, ninth one, feeling seven, 
Huh? Eight is desire. Okay, so eight is Trishna. So when, when just just watch that, and then uh, just receive that. Receive, just feel the desire. Um, I think I gave a talk. I think uh, Kozan reminded me of it uh, about. I gave a talk back at over in Kalamazoo, what seven eight years ago, and uh, we, we were all uh, there was lots of uh, jelly rolls and things out on the table, and I was saying. Um, um, I don't know how it came up, but do you remember any more about that? It was a, I think it was a cinnamon roll with frosting, and you mm -hmm. wanted it, but you said you're going to eat it with your eyes. Yeah. And then you called it the ego diet. Yeah, put the ego on a diet, and don't get the, let the ego get what it's want, uh, what it wants. But you can actually enjoy it with your eyes. So you know that's a little bit silly. In some way, you can't really do that. I mean, you're going to look at that, look at it for three or four minutes, and then you'll eat it. <laughs> and say, well, I, I, I put in my three or four minutes. <laughs> so, but there's also something to that, to being able to receive, since it's a, to just receive the feeling of wanting something and, uh, and just, you know, work with that. You know, at the risk of getting too risque, I would say it's kind of like foreplay with the world. You never get there. You never, you never really get, you don't have to get there. You just have to be with whatever is arising, and that means the desire. Just allow that to be there. Uh, it's another another way of saying that is uh, just enjoy yourself, rather than abandon the incredible richness of the present moment for something else. There isn't anything else, and there's no one who wants something else. It just intensely looks like that, and the world is ripping itself apart to serve the self-centeredness and egos of all kinds of so-called uh, so leaders. Get your own authority. You find out what this is. Don't don't, don't do what you're told, please. Yes. Um, in the Heart Sutra, we chant at night. It says they see through delusions. What does it mean to see through delusions if it's not getting rid of them? You see that there uh, that whatever shows up is a delusion. It's unreal. You have to get rid of something that's unreal. If you see it and you see that it, the emotion you're feeling is unreal and the way you see that it's unreal is that there's no one who validates it. There's, the unreality is actually uh, a self. There's some self that's having that feeling. But also the situation itself, but it's a little harder to just uh, go for the situation and say the world is unreal without seeing that there's the one who thinks they're in a world. Is all the identity is also unreal, because what happens if we if we do it without uh, facing the the mistaken identity part of the spiritual path and try to go into just um, you know what has been said be with all things kind of thing uh, that uh, that alone isn't enough because then we get into a struggle with it and try to try to uh, force it into some kind of unreality or force ourselves to. Uh, just uh, it just puts up a lot of tension there, unless we're also looking at the the uh, the insubstantiality of a separate self. We need to do that at the same time. Both uh, subject subject and object have to be worked with at the same time. Whatever happens needs to happen because it's dependently arisen. But then our ideas and our opinions and feelings and beliefs and judgments and evaluations about it are extra. They're dependently risen also, but they 
but it, 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 the confusing part is they seem to be part of a, an identity rather than just more dependent origination. A question from Shiva. Feeling, craving, grasping. Is to mention and talk of this straying from the path? Not to say it is wrong, but is the path undefinable like the light? Yeah, I wouldn't get too fancy all of a sudden. You need to, you need to work with the nuts and the bolts. Don't jump into some kind of God realm of, uh, of realization where we're all one, everything's radiating light. You guys didn't see the light. <laughs> you need to work with a Shiva. Straighten up. You need, to, you need to look at the nuts and the bolts. You're not straying from the path when you study the 12 links on the chain of existence. If you're referring to the, the path of the Buddha's Dharma, of the awakened, the truth of the awakened one. No, you need to study that first. Study it forever. Study it from now on. Study it the rest of your life. And I, I suspect your life hasn't been happening for very long. When we blame something or somebody for how we're feeling, um, where in the process of feeling, craving, and grasping is that taking place? Uh, the blaming is an outflow or a grasping. It might only be happening in your mind stream. Thank you for a uh, asking about that because that's uh, that can happen in the mind stream. You haven't actually made that apparent to the other person by saying, I hold you responsible for this, or I blame you for this. But you're doing it in your mind stream. They might be standing next to you and they don't know you're doing that. Uh, you, can, you can still receive it there. You can receive the feeling. You can receive the desire. And you can receive the grasping before there's an outflow, before you point your finger at them. You can be responsible for your own emotions. If it feels like we're holding holding that back, uh -huh. does that mean we're not actually receiving it? Not necessarily. It's a very subtle area. It's a good question. I would say, hold it back. Hold it back so that you can see, so you, not just this old man or any old man, can tell you about how that works. You see what it is. You be responsible. You feel, I'm doing on behalf of all beings who are, are struggling so much around the world with just not being able to, to what they would call, we don't call it to control it that, or call it that, but control our feelings. They can't, they just can't. They just have to blow up and what, on the difficult end, attack people, hit their spouse or their child out of anger. You don't have to do that. You can you can be responsible for it. You can just be with that feeling without uh, generating an outflow. But the outflow might feel like it's happening in your mind stream. But that would be very personal for you. And it would be very personal for anyone here. Everyone experiences anger in different ways. Some people would tell you just and be absolutely sure they never get angry. This is ignorance. There's no way you can be a human being and not experience all three of the three poisons and all the nuance in between them more. When we feel conflicting emotions, what about that is so frightening or frustrating? So the ego does not like to be on the rage on the razor's edge. The ego does not like to be it wants to know. It wants to what's right, what's wrong, what should I do? And the the uh 
the wisdom mind is not concerned, but it it is not it's not ignoring it. It just sees that there's there's no right outcome to anything. Out right the right outcome to something is that's kind of ego language of trying to control and get results. The Buddhist path is about intention. It's not about arriving anywhere. There really is no place to arrive because it's beyond locality. It's beyond identity. It's beyond space and time. And it's not science fiction. It's beyond it. You, you already are there. It's just that you don't know it because you, you cover up your Buddha nature with passion, aggression, ignorance, greed, envy, jealousy. And yet you're looking right at it. If you saw what this was, you, you'd never, you'd never, there'd be no point in meditating. You'd be in a state of samadhi all the time. And it's not a fancy state of, I'm all at one with everything. This is so wonderful. Why didn't I think of this before? I could have just been all one with that. Been all at one with everything. There'd be no conflict. No, the conflict is awakening. The delusion is awakening. What is that? What is that teaching pointing to? Advaita, non-dual. It's not two. There's no two things anywhere. Even though people are counting up things all the time, but that's just how uh, this situation shows up in multiplicity. But it's it's still not separate. It's also not one. More. Did you guy when we're trying to figure out the conflicting emotions? Is, should there be any effort to? go back or stay on the razor's edge? I wouldn't maintain anything, but you could, if you if you find yourself back and forth and thinking and laboring over the, over the whole thing, you could go a couple of directions. One, you could go to the go to the cushion, go sit and meditate. You could also go get a legal pad and write everything down. Exhaust some of that. I don't, I don't mean exhaust it to get rid of it, but actually put down what it is you're thinking about. So you could do some of that also. But trying to get rid of the conflicting emotions uh, is uh, is because our our ideas, our concepts about that are just more conflicting emotions and uh, make more elaborations in terms of the ten thousand things. Just it's so complicated. So what we have to do is see that. If we begin to see that, then the whole thing collapses. It's like a house of cards. It just everything, like Coben said in his translation of the Heart Sutra. Mantra, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. There isn't anyone left. There wasn't anyone there. I met him. There wasn't anyone there. It took me a while to realize it. Because I kept creating someone I thought he was until I saw who he was. And it's not a conclusion. And I can't describe it. More? Yes, sir. Shogabang, does our... Does the mistaken identity appear differently when the different Adonis are arising, feeling, craving, or grasping? Say more. Shogabang, it seems like sometimes I think that there's this solid mistaken identity that is perceiving these differences. And I'm just wondering if the, the identity structure also changes with those. Yeah, yes, you, you can't actually find the identity. Uh, it's always masquerading as something, but then if you look closely, there's nothing there. And then an, another one pops up to take its place. Well, I'm over here. I was I was busy with doing this. My mistaken identity was in the other room. So it's always somewhere, but we can't 
if we could see it, if you see what it is, it just, it's like falling apart, falling apart. It just comes apart. And, and what comes apart as a, some kind of a person who is going somewhere or getting somewhere or is in a particular location, what begins to show up is that, that everything you thought was all here is everywhere. So it's falling apart as this particular unit, but it's manifesting everywhere as dependent origination, beyond personhood, beyond any personality. So what's the direct perception of emptiness? The direct perception of anything is emptiness, but that's still path, but not according to the Galuktas. They would say that's fruition. And I'm not in, in disagreement with anyone, especially them. But it's, it's just until you see what this is, and then you see Buddha nature. Suchness. Uh, it's like uh, shunyata with a, with a dessert tray. So some of those conflicting emotions like pride or shame or self-blame, did those uh, prevent us from seeing that discontinuity or that lack of solidity? They do. The grasping there, the grasping quality tends to solidify it into, uh, by grasping at it, trying to push it as grasping, trying to get rid of jealousy or, or, or explain the jealousy or, or justify that, well, you'd be jealous too, if, 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 if. So making it, may giving it some kind of situation. So the giving some kind of relative validity to it where you can get it rid of it or relative validity to it where I can't seem to do anything about that. I can't, can't figure it out. I can't locate it. I, it doesn't make no sense. I don't know why I'm feeling that way. So any kind of stories that we tell around it are constantly uh, you know, it's just like a, with a warp and woof of stories, just all kinds of fabric is coming around you to make you feel like somebody who has this kind of feeling or this situation that needs to be worked on. Or we need to take off our jacket and iron out all the wrinkles, uh, the jacket of jealousy or, or just get a confusion about any given situation. You know? How does the process of making friends with yourself touch upon the feeling, desire, grasping? Uh, it, making friends with yourself, which is a trunk parampages, uh, one of the things he would say is, he didn't say it the way I do, but it's very similar, is, uh, is just stop fighting with everything. Stop fighting, just like if you had a friend uh, who was really, who could not, having difficulty with their emotions and they were your friend, you would listen to them. You would. You would um, pacify the situation for them, or try to help them a little bit. It would be your friend. You know you're not going to be able to fix them. A friend is somebody that uh, somebody that you really love and care about, uh, who has really difficult problems with something that you give them a pass on. And but in the in the sense of that it's being used here, you're giving yourself a pass on your negativity, so you can get an idea how it works. Instead of trying to stomp it down, you know, uh, some, sometimes the macho approaches in ancient times in Buddhism was to you know, drive the demons out of you or something. Whereas uh, the reverse of that is, uh, has been said, there's even a practice uh, 
uh, called Feeding the Demons, where you, uh, which Milarepa did, of course, supposedly, as the story goes, he was being torn apart by all of his crazy ideas and hopes and fears, and he was in his cave in retreat, and where his, his teacher, Marpa the translator, sent him. And he, uh, uh, this, as the story goes, he, he didn't know what to do. He did all kinds of incantations and things to get rid of demons and special chants and special, special, special. Nothing worked. And finally, he just, um, uh, as the story goes, they had big eyes and they were sitting there next to him and he just poured them all a cup of tea. As soon as he offered them tea, they vanished because they were projections of his own mind. So he was extending some generosity or some kindness to that aspect of his mind that was full of monsters. So it's, it's if you were to put it in another word, just like saying, one of the things I say is, uh, I don't care how I feel. If I cared how I felt, if I cared, if I was, if I took seriously all the shit that comes through my mind, I certainly couldn't sit up here and do this. I'd be somewhere trying to get help. I'd be looking for another teacher. I'd be looking for, I'd be probably talking to His Holiness the 17th Karmapa, who's in his 20s, maybe he's in his 30s. I'd be trying to get help from somebody else. Well, I got help. I got a whole lot of help from both of my teachers. I paid attention and I did what they said. That simple. I didn't obey anything. I looked at it, I looked at it, I listened to both of them. One of them gave me hundreds and hundreds of teachings, maybe thousands, and the last one gave me one teaching. Just observe. That was it. And I contemplated that for years before I understood what he meant. As I said, uh, Make friends, I'm trying to say, maybe I didn't say, but make friends with yourself by just whatever negativity arises in your, in your mind stream, do nothing with it, but look at it. This is where the nidana comes in of the feeling comes up of the negativity. And then we have the desire. This is the next one, uh, Trishna, to get rid of it or blame somebody for it. That's quite often that's what happens is anytime you have a negative feeling, try to find the, uh, the first cause. And there is no first cause for anything. There, although the whole society runs that way, if somebody who is, commits a crime, rather than looking at the whole, all of the things that have happened to them in their whole life, not only this lifetime, but other lifetimes, which you can't really find particularly, and instead we just block them up. Instead of help them, someone who is at the mercy of hideous karma that's brought on by a culture, a society, parents, all the things that happen to people. Instead, we go in and call it evil. Oh, wow. Help. Thanks for the help. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was difficult until you named it evil. Well, it's confusion is what it is. Intense confusion and suffering. More? Uh, the way you just presented desire arising uh, reminded me of Maybe a pattern that I notice of desire arises and then it seems like maybe it's slipping into ignorance and that's just what it's like. It's like slipping uh, the roof over there. Yes. You don't notice it's wet and you slip and you're gone. And so what's happening in the, the movement yeah. of the links when you slip out of that desire into ignorance? Yeah. 
<laughs> Good one. Yeah. Sit more. Really, sit more so you can watch things move. You can watch it's the movement. It's observing the movement. Uh, it, it, is anything really moving? So that's not, not, a, not a, a question you need to answer particularly, but um, that would be something you could say, what's moving or is anything moving? And you would notice your mind stream is just full of bubbles. This and that, right, wrong, up and down, back and forth. Here we go this way, here we go that way. Remembering what someone said, what we're going to do tomorrow. I'm totally in favor of that. I was not. I studied a different way of doing this for 20 some years until I went back to Shikantaza, which I learned from Kadiguri Roshi in 1973 or four. It doesn't make one right and one wrong, just a different way of doing it. So when you say uh, ignorance, you're already saying you're, you're aware of that mechanism, how that's working. And I would just say, continue to watch, uh, to observe that, to watch it, so just watch, don't fiddle with it. Don't necessarily jump out of what you're seeing into a conclusion. In other words, don't do the a lower level form of those three feeling, desire, and grasping. In other words, you have it there and you have a desire to do something with it and you'll actually leave the very quality that is arising as clarity for the for the uh, uh, slippage that is a grasping, leaving all of that. So it is grasping is a, here's here's the first two. Here's a feeling. We feel it here. So I hold my hands like this. So you're receiving it. How long do I have to do that? See that? And then the last one is grasping. As soon as you grasp, everything's tightened up into a knot. And then we've got what? Ego. So go ahead. So clarifying, in McDonald's, it appears as though there's a sequence, as though Veda, uh, feeling occurs and then grasping, or feeling desire and grasping, as mm -hmm. though feeling is left behind for grasping. Does grasping include feeling? Um, how does it look to you? Yes. So if, if I were to say this at the risk of making it more confusing, the, the 12 links happen all at once. There isn't, there's no past and future there. there. There is in terms of past life. It's so powerful it'll take you, your identity, whatever you want to call that, from this life to the next life to the next life. So that does happen on some level. But it's all happening at once. And, and you won't be able to see that with with some kind of thought or analysis of it. Like, oh, oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I see that now. It's worse than that. It's better than that. It's worse than that because it, it's devastating to the ego, to the self-centered mind. Painful. But it's better than that in that you're liberated. You're no longer chained by anything. You're no, no longer threatened by anything. You're no longer supported by anything. There isn't anything else but this. Fancy words for something that is impossible to explain. Sir. Um, when Milarepa had to pour heat for his demons, did he have to hook up his musculature or his vocal cords? I don't know. I wasn't there. What do you think? What's the gist of your question? Sure, looking at like Junchu asking about kind of um, 
pulling back or maybe not producing out of the anger and then wondering if there's a time where we actually do need to step into that. Yes. Yes, there could be. So it's not about, it's not about eliminating and not about controlling this. So we never grasp. It's just watching that grasping and you'll see that sometimes the reaching out of the grasping is totally and uh, because you're as a living being here, you're going to need to do some of that to stay alive and to protect yourself and so on. But we tend to overdo it with our internal dialogue about everything that's happening, how we've been mistreated or what we need, what we don't need. More? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, to the ego, might it look like an outflow to have to feed our demons? You could. What do you think? Yeah, that's the question. I'm just noticing how I can have a tendency to not, I, I don't want to be someone who outflows and wondering if that's a, a way to kind of not be interacting with my world. Yeah, so not wanting to be a person, that's, that's kind of the, the telltale situation, not wanting to be this or be that. And to control your image so you look better to yourself or look better to others. Getting your identity from others or from a mirror, for that matter. Like, you know, which side are you going to part your hair on this morning? Next. Kelly Bowen. Yes, Kelly. In the chanting that we do, um, when I sit on the cushion, there's that line that says not serving is no help. And that's something that shows up a lot when I'm sitting, just that not serving is yeah. no help. And then I start to go into um, feeling like instead of sitting or being at book study, I could be listening to someone else. And then my thoughts go, especially to the teenagers or to the children. Of course, I hear that. What's your question? When I'm noticing that not serving is no help is yeah. sticking with me, but feeling concerned that I'm using that to not sit, mm -hmm. how can I observe not serving is no help, but still sit? Yeah, set up a form so you do it with a form rather than some kind of a, a, a paying attention to your thought patterns, because that's ego language right there. Because you are serving, there's no doubt about it. If you need need to find out, I'll tell you. I mean, or do it yourself. But since you're here and since you're asking, I'm saying you're already a serving. You want to be careful. When I say careful, and I'm not saying careful like you know walking a tight wire, a tight wire or something like that. But I'm saying be very aware of how much of what's showing up in the mind stream there uh, has has a, a ego behind your identity, trying to reinforce the wanting to be a helpful person world is full of people who are very literally very helpful but their intention and their motivation is about wanting to be a helpful person and that works it works too if somebody really wants to be helpful and becomes a nurse even if they're always kind of hiding out or you know laying back and relaxing in their identity well at least i help people i'm a nurse and i can do this and this and i help and i've saved a lot of people i've delivered a lot of babies so, and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that on the spiritual path, you have to really take a look at that area. You can still help people. You might even help more people by not being concerned about how you look to others. But if you're concerned about 
how you look to others, which is which the telltale part is that of that is how you look to yourself. So that's just an area, and I hesitate. Not only hesitate, I won't go into some kind of a way of a formula for how to figure that out. It has to be done uh, by you. But just look. There's there's no uh, um, there's nothing I can say there other than just look at it. Don't believe that and stop sitting. You need to continue to sit. Whether you're formally a Buddhist or not, if, uh, I say this to everybody. The main thing for you to do is sit down and hold very still and watch the movement so you can get an idea of the, just the chemistry of the mind and how this is all, how this all works yourself. So you know, you might not be able to put it into words, but you have an idea of how this is working. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. Continue to do both. Sit, but set up a form to make sure you, you're not doing that out of deciding whether to sit or not. Set it up so you're doing it a little bit every day. Do your uh, counseling service and your service of uh, the community and service of others. I'm all about that myself, more so now than I've ever been. So, yes, sir. How is my hand moving through space now? Movement? Well, you know, logically, of course, it's it is movement. This is movement, obviously. Everywhere you look, there's movement. But the fundamental understanding is nothing is separate. This is called suchness. And it can't be seen uh, by, you know, it isn't something where you, everything just stops moving and we're sitting in some kind of a, inside of a, an, an, an ice cube, like a fly that's been frozen in water. Have you seen those before? Where you put it in somebody's drink and, oh, I see there's a fly in here. Different kind of sense of humor, I guess. So nothing is, things are moving relatively. But this is a relative. That's why people who believe in the relative path will go to war. They'll get a lot of power and they'll, you know, Jeff Bezos, they'll hoard all their money. You don't see him helping people who are, whose karma doesn't work exactly the way his does. Uh, although there are a few people, uh, I've heard of someone recently who's a billionaire who's helping people, you know, supporting them. Not a bad thing to do. But that's still all relative truth. So this hand moving uh, that you, how is my hand not moving movement? Is that your question? It is movement, it's relative, but this is a, a path of ultimate realization while you're still in the relative world. You can see this. You may not want to. I've had people tell me recently, I don't know if I want to see this. And I was told, don't see it, go do something else. If you're a student of mine, come and talk to me about it and we'll I'll send you on your way. Yes, sir. You sometimes talk about, I think Rupert J said, there's no enlightenment ward at the hospital. Like there's something that's still direct about physical form, like the way that you might just save a child who's going to get hit by a car very simply. But it feels like even just relating to my physical form, things spin out really quickly. So is there any simplicity in physicality? Is emphasizing that a misunderstanding? No, seeing that all movements are, uh, I hate, uh, hesitant to say too much about it because it starts to get poetic, you know, but all movements, excuse me, all, one movement's not any different than any, any other movement. It's just movement. It's, uh, there's no personhood there. So you might think, well, if, it's, if you depersonalized everything, that everything, everything, everything would be flat and gray. No, just the other way around. It's extremely vivid and outrageous, and you see it. 
And it's outrageous. When I'm saying outrageous, what does that mean, outrageous? It's outrageous because, because of its, its uh, complete uh, exposure of everything. That nothing is hidden, no dark corners anymore. Therefore, everything is vibrant. And you see it. You actually see this yourself, not something somebody directs you to. Anyone on line has a question? Long bowing. Go ahead, Wulong. You're next, Kevin. Uh, two questions. Um, can the duration or the stickiness of negativity or an emotion escalate in its intensity, even if you are not grasping or ignoring? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you're... You're, you're, uh, you're not to blame for anything, but you're responsible for everything. Big difference. So just observe, just observe. Go ahead. Well, what, what makes it stick around longer than other? You can't. It's just the, the nature of dependent origination to not have a definite source anywhere. It, the, the variation of things coming and going and coming and going is just the illusion. That's just how it looks. But you can't find the, the place the, where the button was originally pushed to start everything, or where it was uh, where it goes back into something that happened to your dad that he said to you when you were three years old. Or I mean, you can go back and trace those kind of things, and some people are doing that. But the way you're asking the question, and uh, the way your intention appears to me around the question is just observe it. You, the, what you're looking for there is that's the that is a. a an ego kind of uh, a desire to find that, find something. And nothing is hidden. So this is what, nothing is hidden. The ego thinks there's something it doesn't know. And sometimes that boils over into paranoia. That will unbowing, that space or that place where you may have to, you have no idea when this is going to leave you may have to live with this for the rest of your life yeah <laughs> isn't that great i mean what's so great about it is you can do that there isn't anything you can't i'm not saying that you have a horrible pain which some people do some people are trapped in in uh, chronic pain all the time um that, that won't be easy but you may have to work with that uh, you may have meds you may not more um, I have another question about blame. When when you see that uh, no one is to blame, blame no one, there seems to, for me, come up a simultaneous cheering up and complete hopelessness. Um, what is that? Uh, cheering up and complete hopelessness? Sounds good to me. Yeah, not not separating. Not separating appearance and emptiness. Not separating. Thank you. You're welcome. Kevin. Kevin Bowing. So relatively I can see the difference between shouting at somebody versus writing down my negativity. But from an ultimate view are those outflows any different 
from in in the way that that it would maybe reify the impulse to blow my stack finally so uh, probably no different and how you would work with that would be it'd be your path it would be uh, it, it would be up to you how to go about doing that with with and i'm happy to give you uh feedback on that and uh, you give me uh, the more you, permission you give me the more i'm going to tell you what to do if you haven't noticed yeah so be careful because what is that be careful what you ask for what should i do next sokazan <laughs> I dare you. I was always worried that that uh, the Vidyadra Trungpa Rinpoche would uh, find out how much I loved him and tell me to do stuff. So I, I hid out a lot. I was afraid he'd tell me to move to Boulder. I didn't want not did not want to be with all those creepy people that were students of his. I'm, I'm serial. I'm in the serial city. Yes. I'm a double Libra, so being told what to do sounds like sweet honey from the rock. <laughs> Is it Libra rising and Libra moon? Libra sun and Libra rising. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're a, you're a Libra sun. With the Aries moon, so I don't know which end is up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You've just got fire and air, fire and air, fire and air. So my other question related to, well, I mean, if, is there something you would tell me to do about that? <laughs> I have all these witnesses here. <laughs> yes, you should move to the monastery. Live here. Okay, I'll be there Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I like that. I'll see you then. <laughs> My second question, kind of adjacent to that, going back to the image of looking at the donuts or the jelly rolls, but not eating them. Yes. Is there a contrast if, you know, like jelly rolls just happen to appear and you feel the desire for them, but just sort of engage with them in a polymorphously perverse way? versus feeling the impulse to want a jelly roll and then going and pressing your face up against the bakery window. I'm following you. That all? <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if like seeking out a kind of adjacent relief for the direct thing that you want is still an outflow. Balance. Well, it probably is, but as you've heard me say hundreds of times, the most important thing is not uh, controlling, manipulating, not having outflows or getting to be a better whatever, but it's the awareness of it because the causes and conditions that come up in anybody's mind stream, uh, any kind of whatever arising in terms of stories or descriptions of yourself or ideas and so on, it's really, really complicated. So it's about being aware. That's why I say sit as much as you can so that your awareness of what's arising in your mind stream uh, is as clear as possible, including the outflows, including the, the, you could say, even inability to do anything about a particular uh, outflow that has to do with irritation or temper or something, something like that. To be aware about uh, that as you can. And then when that has been seen through, uh, completely 
there's no guarantee, but there's a good chance that it will just start to dissolve because it uh, all of that thrives on polarity. Now, some polarities are, are totally workable. We we have hunger, we have to eat. So there's one. We get hungry, we get something to eat. So we have a feeling we're hungry, and then we have a desire for um, uh, donuts or maybe something else, and then we go and eat. So it's a very simple operation. It's happening all the time. It's just that we ramp that up into situations that are really harmful to ourselves and to others. And so that's what we're looking at. Kevin, Kevin Bowing. Yes. I've heard others present the 12 Nadanas as a way of kind of getting ahead of compulsive behavior. Hmm. It seems as you described it, the, you said the impulse might kind of dissolve or the, the, that the force might dissolve a little bit, but you also say not to get better. So how, how do we approach these teachings as a way that might alleviate suffering without getting better? So the getting better, better part is, uh, is actually slows us down because then we set up a standard of what better is. And that standard is uh, based on a whole lot of uh, what misinformation. So uh, it's uh, like appearing better or uh, living up to a certain ideal of something. And so just, uh, just intend uh, and use the vow. The, the vow to be with all things, a vow to, to meet everything where it's at as much as we can, which is very difficult. You, you won't get a merit badge for meeting everyone where they're at. You might get criticism for not participating enough, enough or turning into a vegetable. All you do is meditate. You, you know, used to join our movement and now you don't. And I'm not against movements. I'm not saying that, but I mean, uh, I'm saying just take it slow, train your mind to see clearly so that you can you can really under, get a deep personal understanding of the way in which your mind grasps and rejects and grasps and rejects. A question from Ali. How do I receive if I'm grasping at the same time? Is that genuine? Well, you're, if you're, again, it's situational, you're, uh, you're, you're grasping at something, but you're also aware of that. So you're receiving, you're clear about the grasping. So just when whatever is happening, be as aware as you can about whatever that may be. Um, a little difficult to go in and uh, display some kind of protocol for how to work with that. But you can be aware of the grasping rather than try to fight with it, shut it down so that it pops up somewhere else. Sit a lot. Sitting practice, meditation, shikantaza, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Train your mind so that that's, that mind, that consciousness, that awareness, when you move into the other aspects of your life, relationships, job situations, and all of that. Uh, yeah. But you'll see what it is. You'll see, you'll see that you probably, probably just need to be hands-off in most situations. Allow things to develop. Nothing to do. But if you need to do it, then... If you're not preoccupied with trying to improve yourself or appear a certain way or be the perfect bodhisattva, then you might be have some clarity so that you may fundamentally help help others in ways that might not have showed up before. I have two questions. My first question, how does uh, skillful means wisdom play a role in awareness? Bowing. 
So skillful means or upaya is a, is a, a way that it's, 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 a, it's talked about in different ways, and uh, I don't use it too much. But it's, uh, I would say skillful means is uh, don't do anything unless you have to. And that way, anything you do advance or move out into the world with your vocal cords or with your finger pointing or with your offering uh, or with your receiving, very similar mudra, that will be based on a clarity of what's happening in your environment. So you're, you're, you're no longer at war with anything, even though there's a war going on in your living room. Because you're not at war, you're able to see how that war is working, but maybe between two other people or in your community. So therefore, you're able to relate to it in a direct way that doesn't make things worse, but also doesn't, doesn't necessarily uh, cover it up and make it okay or try to, try to get some, something to, to use a, a graphic image to try to heal something that is not ready to heal. It needs to fester for a while. Dependent origination, it needs to do this. How do you know? Because it's doing it. Don't solve things by covering them. That's not, that is not uh, upaya or skillful means. Skillful means is, uh, may sound like a skillful way to, you know, fix or address or whatever. I don't think that's, that's not my understanding of it. My understanding is activity, that actual activity that may come out of seeing very clearly what, what is happening without your own bias or opinions or judgments laminated on everything. So you end up solving some kind of issue that's just your idea about the issue, which really ignores the issue. Don't do anything else you have to. Yuhong Baoying, so you are also saying that the skillful means could not fix or could not solve any problem. Perhaps not. You might have to watch because it's like, uh, I'll, I'll give you a really obvious example. It might not be the best one, but it's like, it's like you're doing this, you're doing this, and all of a sudden you look around and you see an avalanche. You can't do anything about that avalanche except observe it. And so that's a, a, an extreme example, but it's like that. You run into, a say, a situation between two people who are having, a, having difficulty or maybe fighting uh, with one another and... Be very, very respectful of that confusion. Respect, you aren't going to help anybody if you don't respect their confusion. If you try to fix their confusion, advise them about their confusion based on your preconceptions of it. What you end up doing is you're actually working on what you think is there rather than what is actually there. When you, if you, if you were actually to be able, if you were able to see what is there clearly beyond your ideas, your opinions, your judgments, your contractions about it, uh, you might you might do something, and you also might realize it needs to it needs to play itself out. But it needs to play. You might skillful means might be it needs to play itself out until because you're aware, you're aware, you're aware. I'll give you a couple more. You're aware, you're aware. You might see where that tips this way and this way, and then there is an exact point because of your awareness and because of your lack of the intention to be a, a wonderful wonderful success story. You're able to say something at exactly the right time to to stop that or divert that or or take some of the steam or some of the uh, some of the fury out of that that uh, a warfare that may be happening. Just a way of talking about it. Even that is a little bit 
heavy on the story end, but it's like that. Not might not be comfortable. You might have to receive a lot of crap before you see the opening where there is something where you could say something or you could offer something to someone because you would you would be so aware of watching your own closing closing things down, opening things up, closing things down, opening things up, your own pat pattern of suffering without interfering with it. You train yourself to be very literal so that when you uh, are in post meditation, you're in the world, you actually can see it in others. You can see, you'll even find, you, you will even find, no guarantee, but the way it looks here, you will even find people that you were really irritated with. Uh, you really begin to see how much they're suffering and you begin to have some some understanding, if nothing else, for what they're going through, rather than just always thinking, oh, here comes this crap again from that person. You actually begin to see what they're dealing with. Sometimes that's called compassion. I don't call it compassion. It's not compassion until there's no one there. As long as you think you're being compassionate, big mistake, big misunderstanding. Here isn't anybody who's compassionate. Thank you, Yuhun Baoying. My second question is asked many times, but I still want to ask, how can we not separate and separate the mundane world and this path? For example, if I need to set a goal or do better in the relative world and also walking on this path, how can I um, observe Baoying? Do both. Do both. Intend to do both. Don't divide anything up. Don't get rid of anything. Do both of those things. You can do that. I mean, you might find it complicated. You might find it uh, confusing. You might get a little dizzy trying to do both, but do, do both. Take care of everything. Receive everything. Sit a lot. Spend a lot of time on the cushion just receiving, just observing. And, and get, get to know yourself in a, in a deep way where you understand the things that are being thrown up from the mind stream that are looking for someone who believes it, someone who doesn't believe it, and someone who wants to ignore it, looking for a self. It's like uh, uh, it's like um, clothing. It's like clothing walking around looking for a, uh, a somebody to clothe. There isn't anyone. Realize it. The emotions are are without a self. The feelings are feelings are in your mind stream, but they don't belong to you. Don't belong to anyone. There isn't, there's no solid being anywhere. It's an astonishing realization. I highly recommend it. You want to know how to bring that about? Awareness. I can't give it to you. Dalai Lama can't give it to you. The Buddha can't give it to you. No one can give this to you. But you can see that it is already your birthright, as, been, as has been said before. You can realize it in your own mind stream. Bukurchi. Oh, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. We need to go to lunch or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> okay. Sorry to have kept you out on the clothesline too long. <laughs> Get bleached out by the sun. Hi. This is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokazan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.